welcome to another episode of The Impolite Psychologist. So today I wanted to deal with the idea of conflict, that we as a society don't deal with conflict very well anymore. We see people confronting one another on social media. Often it's people who don't know each other and it's people making bold statements that they would never actually say if they came face to face with the person that they are confronting. We have not figured out how to appropriately handle conflict in our society, right? MTV is credited with starting reality TV with the real world, which came out in the 90s. And when I look back and remember what I thought about the real world, it turns out my memory is somewhat confused. I conflated the people from season three with season one. And I think my memory of it is that the conflict in the real world was just people coming together who were a diverse group of strangers and trying to make their way in the world. And they were students, for the most part, from different walks of life. And my memory is that everybody was a serious person who was trying to just figure out their identity and who they were in the world. And during the show, the conflict really just had to do with people who are different trying to get along and people trying to figure out where they fit in the world and what their career choices are and how they're going to survive. And the first real world is actually in New York City. And when this show was created at the time, our concept of conflict was that, was that just trying to exist and get along with people and figure out who you are creates enough conflict in and of itself that it's interesting. And then, of course, after that, we saw reality TV really take off and go in a super weird direction, where now we have all this conflict in reality TV, where people are angry with each other, cheating on each other, yelling at each other, There is conflict that is created by producers of reality TV shows now that's kind of fake conflict, and it's even edited where you can see it. It's obvious that one person says something, and then the camera goes to somebody else's facial expressions that are a reaction, but it's a little bit off, and you kind of know that they're not exactly reacting to that thing that was just said in that moment of time. But It's meant to create a feeling of bigger conflict than there actually is most of the time. But when the reality TV producers can take a group of people who have pretty serious mental health problems and cause conflict between them, well, that's TV gold. That is success 
in TV. And what's weird about it is viewers have gotten so used to this crazy conflict between people where everybody is upset with each other and always in a fight and walking out at dinner and all of these things that when a reality show comes out that's not like that, they don't get any viewers. Uh, Case in point, there was a dating show that came out last year called The Real Love Boat. And basically, it was, it was on CBS, and it was a dating show in which a group of people met each other and hit it off, and then another group of people would be introduced, and then somebody would get kicked off the show. And it sounds like it's very dramatic, but in reality, it was almost like dating on a game show where people would figure out who they were interested in and then they would partner up with that person and try to complete a task and the winners would be safe and then the people who didn't win would probably get kicked off the show. But I think that their ability to go through what it feels like to date in real life in terms of figuring out who is most suited to you and who you work well with, and who is somebody you can trust, is really capturing what it's like to be single and dating. And there weren't any crazy fights, and there weren't any people with mental health problems freaking out. It was just a group of people trying to figure out how they get along. And how long did it last? only a few episodes before it had to be moved to another network, uh, which was Paramount, because primetime TV didn't get the viewers. There wasn't enough conflict and drama. And that's where we're at. We have come to a place in our society where we don't actually work through conflict very easily in our real lives, but we love to watch people having high levels of mostly fake conflict on TV. And this is really weird, considering how passive we are in our everyday lives. Now, growing up, when you were dating somebody and you broke up, it was known that the proper way to break up with somebody was to sit down with them face-to-face and have a discussion about why you want to break it off, why things aren't working out, and you tried to end things amicably because likely you would end up seeing that person again unless you lived in a big city. And you had to work through the conflict that you had. And even if you couldn't resolve the conflict, you could at least agree to disagree and you respectfully allowed the other person to say their piece and you listened to them. Now, people would get nervous about having those face-to-face conversations that were confrontational. And sometimes people would instead make the phone call where they would discuss 
what was wrong and why they wanted to break things off. Now, this was always looked at at the time as being kind of the chicken way to do it, that you didn't have enough guts to do it face-to-face, and so you made the phone call instead because you weren't really ready to deal with things head-on. And we always considered people who made the phone call to be chicken shit, that they didn't have the guts or the balls, if you will, to really deal with whatever conflict was going to arise from the breakup. Nowadays, it's gotten even worse where people will even have conversations about really big topics via text. And then they will break up with somebody via text. And so there is this really passive stance that not only are people not going to face somebody head on, they're not even going to do that in a phone conversation. They're not even going to have a conversation. They're going to write something up and send it on their phone and wait for the other person to respond with no concern whatsoever for intonation of voice. There is no concern whatsoever about anything being misinterpreted. It kind of doesn't matter. The whole thing is, as long as I don't have to face the other person and deal with conflict, then that's the most important thing. It doesn't matter if they misinterpret anything or they think I'm a bad person, I just never have to deal with them again and I never have to have the conversation and I never have to deal with conflict. And so that's okay. And apparently that is okay in our society. And this is a really fearful way of going about your business. It's based on a complete fear of conflict and confrontation, that people are so afraid that they become as passive as they possibly can to avoid conflict. Now, the next level up from that is what we call passive-aggressive. So a person who is passive and aggressive is also afraid, but angry at the same time. And so we might see this in the case of somebody at work. For example, you are an employee and you are working for a company and you feel that you are not being recognized for all the good things that you do. So instead of saying something, to a boss or telling your boss that you don't feel you're getting the recognition. Instead, you just start dialing it in, being less productive, showing up late. It's a way of sticking it to your boss without really confronting the situation and dealing with the conflict that might arise from that. And this happens, too, in relationships. 
So for example, in a relationship, if you're with your romantic partner and you decide that you're angry with them, but you're afraid of having a confrontation, you might do something that is upsetting to them without actually confronting the fact that you are upset with them. And so for example, they might ask you, can you please take the garbage out when you head out the door? I would really appreciate that. And instead of taking out the garbage, you wash the dishes instead and you leave the garbage where it is. And when your partner says, hey, you didn't take out the garbage, you didn't do what I asked you to do, you say, well, I did the dishes. Is that not enough? Aren't you happy that I did the dishes? And the answer is no, you did not what your partner asked you to do, but you did something else instead, instead of what they wanted, so that you could get your anger out without having a conversation about what you're actually angry about. And so this goes on and on. Now, after passive-aggressive, we've got people who are just aggressive. And I think that there are not so many of these people in the world. I think that a lot of people say that they deal with conflict and say they have no problem with confrontation, but I feel like most of the people who say that are not necessarily telling the truth. Um, I see this with politicians. Whenever a politician gets very upset about something and they show emotion about something, it's usually either something that all their constituents are on board with or it's something that nobody else could really argue with. So you will see a politician getting upset about something that everybody can agree upon. Like, for example, uh, an oil spill. I am against oil spills. I feel very passionately about the ocean and, and anything happening to marine life. This is a passion for me, and I'm very upset about it. And I think that's an easy position to take because very few people would argue with you. However, when it comes to issues where people are a little bit more split on things, like whether to build a parking structure to accommodate the population or not, you'll have some people that are for it and some people that are against it, and politicians may be a little bit more noncommittal when it comes to their passionate feelings about it, because they want to avoid any kind of conflict or problem. And so not too many people really face conflict head on. Now, the people that do do this, these people are the ones who uh, go out there and they are the no-filter types. They are the type of people who just say what's on their mind and they have some need to be in conflict with people a lot. And they will say provocative things or wear provocative things, and they will somehow go around getting in fights everywhere they go. And 
to the people in their personal life, they end up burning bridges a lot because they don't know when to leave well enough alone. And they are all about conflict and confrontation. And ultimately, they end up isolated and without much in the way of friends or family members coming around because nobody wants to upset them because they take out their wrath and they become very aggressive and opinionated and they might yell and they might bully and nobody wants to be around that. Even if generally people agree with the point of view, they don't ever want to accidentally get on the wrong side of somebody who's super aggressive like that because they don't want that kind of conflict in their life. But my feeling is that The ultimate fear that our society has with conflict right now in this way that we avoid things is that we are ultimately avoiding our emotions, that people in a general sense cannot tolerate those uncomfortable feelings that go along with negative emotions. And when I say negative emotions, I'm really talking about anger and sadness. And the world tolerates us being happy and joyful and lighthearted. The world's all good with that. But when people have sad feelings or angry feelings, that's something that has become intolerable in our society. And the way that we can tell this is that it's showing up in the way of safe spaces being created in the workplace. The idea that you could have a conflict with a coworker or a boss or a subordinate and you might have feelings that are negative in nature towards that person. God forbid you actually talk to them about it. Whatever you do, don't talk to them about it. Don't address the conflict or the problem. It's better to just go to your safe space and try to not think about it. Try to become happy. Supposedly, this falls under the category of self-care. But I think it more likely falls into the category of us being uncomfortable with uncomfortable feelings. That just because you have a conflict with somebody at work, that does not mean that you are necessarily triggered. People confuse triggers for trauma with general feelings of anxiety around situations that are difficult in nature. Just because you feel discomfort at work does not mean that you are being triggered. It could, but it doesn't automatically mean that you are being triggered. Most of the time, people are upset because of conflict because 
somebody's idea was shot down because a better idea came along in the meeting and that made a person feel bad. And maybe that's a trigger, but more than likely, it's just anxiety provoking. It's just, it just makes someone angry or sad. Or maybe a person has anxiety about presenting their idea to the group in the boardroom because they have a fear of putting themselves out there and that somebody might criticize their idea. And the thought of that is unbearable. The thought of the conflict with someone else's point of view becomes unbearable. And I think we have to be careful about this difference. The difference between normal, everyday conflict and being triggered. Recently, over the last couple of days, here we are in April. So we have Mother's Day coming up and then Father's Day coming up. And I have received emails from several companies that are retail companies asking me if I need to opt out of their emails during Mother's Day or during Father's Day. And this is the idea that companies don't want you to feel uncomfortable because you might have a trauma from either your mother or your father. Now, getting an email from a shoe company on one of those days usually isn't very triggering. In fact, it's probably just mostly ignored. People deal with conflict inside of themselves every day. And I would say that a retail company's email is less likely to trigger us than if a person were outside at a park, say, and they run into somebody who is having a good or a bad day with their mother or father. Or when a friend is getting married and they have a wonderful relationship with their father and the father is going to walk them down the aisle, that becomes triggering if you have a terrible relationship with your father. Not an advertisement from a random retail company. That is not going to trigger a person. People already deal with internal conflict in their everyday life. They will go through all kinds of emotions. We all go through all kinds of emotions during the course of a day and We deal with them, and we tolerate them, and we have always had to tolerate them because all of us have difficult life experiences, and we still have to get up and go to work and do something productive. And we are not paralyzed by our emotions. Now, the thing that never gets discussed 
is the importance of productive conflict. The reason that we're so afraid of conflict nowadays is because there's a belief that conflict is the most horrible thing in the world, that having conflict of any kind will just kill us. And the reality is, is that conflict can be productive. If you have two reasonable people who want to resolve an issue, conflict is necessary to get to the other side and work through that issue. For example, if you are in a romantic relationship and there is something that your partner is doing that is causing you to feel uneasy. Working through conflict doesn't mean stopping yourself from feeling uneasy on the inside. It means that you have to discuss with your partner what's going on with you and how you're reacting and how you're feeling uneasy and what the behavior is that is bothering you. And that if you have a reasonable partner, they will likely apologize and try to be better. And they will even empathize with you. And so in that sense, having been heard and having somebody take your feelings and your thoughts seriously and work on themselves in order to make things better between the two of you is the best thing that could happen. That type of conflict is good. Or if you have an idea at work and somebody gives you feedback about it and they say, this part of the the idea is good, this is the part where you're losing me. That helps you to develop things in a way that work better, that create a better idea that more people can understand more clearly. And there's nothing bad that comes from that. You getting better about communicating your ideas or changing or even modifying your ideas in a way that speaks to more people is good. Nothing but good things can come from that. So in between being completely passive or being completely aggressive is this concept of being assertive. And that assertiveness has to do with our ability to advocate for ourselves and be clear about what it is that we need. Being assertive means recognizing that we have needs because our emotions, even our negative emotions, tell us about us needing something to change. And when we are assertive, that is, we are clear about what it is we need from other people in order to feel better, And we work that through and have a discussion with another person about that, we feel tremendously better because we've been heard, the person works on changing their behavior to make it better for us, and we feel proud of ourselves for setting boundaries, for letting other people know our needs, 
It's all good. It all turns out good. But you have to deal with conflict in order to get there. And so in therapy, we talk about the concept of I messages, that when you use the word I at the beginning of a sentence, I feel misunderstood when you say blah, 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 then nobody can argue because you are owning your feelings. You are being assertive about how you feel. And if the other person is reasonable and they don't have a fear of conflict and they are willing to work through with you how they can change or how you might have misunderstood even or what their intention was, then that can result in really good things happening. When you use an I message and tell people how you feel, no one can argue about your, your feelings. There is no conflict. Your feelings are your feelings. And people will respond to that. It's all about understanding how you can most appropriately work through conflict. It's not about avoiding conflict or being highly confrontational. It's about understanding the right way to work through conflict in order to get to the other side. And you have to be able to tolerate conflict in order to get there. And so I wish you the best in practicing how it is that you are going to share your point of view with others and tolerating your feelings and tolerating other people's points of view with the idea that you're going to work through your conflict and see it through to the other side so that things will be tremendously easier in your life. Be well, and thank you for listening.